strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. If you remember this song, there's a very good chance you own the members only jacket. I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, thanks for being here today. If you haven't subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, please do it. It's simple to do on any device you have. This week, it's brought to you by my good friend Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home and guaranteed offers at higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Oh, it's amazing how a song can bring back memories. Um, Let's talk about, we've got to talk about the election and the process. Um, So um, we now know if you're looking at what's happening, I'm looking, there was an election drop that just, I mean, this just came in a few moments ago to the Secretary of State's website. And I don't know if this was from Pima County. I'm I'm guessing it's from Pinal County. We were expecting a Pinal, Pinal County drop. I want to go over them very quickly. Earlier this morning, Katie Hobbs' lead was at 26,000. That lead has been dropped down to 24,700. Now, that's a small number, but that might be those Pinal County. That might be the Pinal County drop that we were waiting for. Um, the lead in the Secretary of State's race has dropped from 11,328 to just over 10,000. So it was um, it was about a 1,300 vote shift there as well. Uh, the superintendent's race um, – it was at uh, 592, but oddly in that one, um, Tom Horn now leads by 625 votes, another 1,100 vote shift. So this back and forth is going to continue. I'm assuming this is Pinal County and not Pima County. Pima County is a little bit more Democrat. So today, this afternoon, we are expecting that there will be another drop in votes. Um, and it will be from Pima County in the afternoon and then a big drop of votes in um, in Maricopa County this evening. Uh, so at 24,000, who knows if that's going to bounce back because of Pima County and what's left. You're probably going to see it shift a little bit toward the Dems. The expectation is there's going to be a shift toward Republicans in the next drop from Maricopa County because that is what's been going on in the last day or so. But we'll see how significant that change is. Is there enough votes out there left for Republican candidates to catch? up or not. That's what we're waiting for. But I want to talk a little bit about the process. Um, I mentioned this earlier this morning. Helen Purcell is is her name. She was the Maricopa County recorder for, I believe, like 28 or 30 years. I mean, she'd been here for a long time. I believe it's 28. Yeah, for 28 years. And uh, she was well-respected within her party. Nobody in outside of like party insiders who would see her at events, nobody knew her name. It was on every piece of mail you got from Maricopa County in the elections department, but nobody knew who she was, and that's the way it should be. If you ever, ever, ever learn the name of the home plate umpire or any umpire at a World Series game, it's probably not because they did something good. And so Helen Purcell did the job for 28 years. There was a bad election. Because they miscalculated the need for voting locations, and it was their fault, and people waited in line three and four hours to vote. And so there was a big uproar. She gave an interview, I think, to Fox, and she didn't handle that interview very well, and the tides turned. So that's when Adrian Fontes ran against her. And Adrian Fontes ran against her and won. And then Adrian Fontes was challenged by Stephen Richer, the Republican, and Stephen Richer beat him in 2020. And now Adrian Fontes is going to be the Secretary of State. 
I, I, I'm not trying to rub salt in the wounds of anybody, but if things continue, let's say Katie Hobbs wins this election. I, I want people to think about this. And this is not a source of criticism. It's a source of observation and self-reflection. Nobody knew who Katie Hobbs was, and I don't mean this as any disrespect. I'm talking about on the Democratic side of the ticket. Nobody thought that she was going to be a viable candidate for governor. She wasn't on – and you go, go fact check me on this. As Secretary of State, she was not going to – she was not being named as one of the leading candidates for governor. Adrian Fontes lost his job as the Maricopa County recorder. He was voted out by the people of Maricopa County. Two years later, he's been elected statewide as the Secretary of State, and there's a chance still that she could be elected governor. So the very people that have been yelling about the 2020 election for two years, as I have been warning, if you focus on 2020, you're going to lose 2022. The election denial part of this is a reason why Katie Hobbs raised over a million dollars in one week. Saying that she saved democracy and she fought back. She was made a hero in the Democratic Party nationally and raised all that money in one week, in one short amount of time. And she became the heir apparent to the nomination for the Democrats. Adrian Fontes was out there saying, I ran the 2020 election. There was no fraud. He fought back and saved democracy and helped save democracy and ran things the right way. He's going to be the Secretary of State. The process is what we should be talking about. Are there room? Is there room to improve? Absolutely. There is always room to improve. But I don't mean it as if there's little tweaks we can make. There are things we can do to make it easier in Arizona. One of them is letting early voters, they call them late earlies. You show up at a ballot drop location. You don't trust putting your ballot in the mail. Nothing against the U.S. mail, but things get lost. So you want to fill it out in the comfort of your own home, but then you drop it off at a voting location. Well, then that ballot and there's a way to solve some of this problem is that vote then has to be verified. They match your signature. They make sure that that's really you. They verify the signatures they have on hand with the signature on the outside of the envelope. Once that's been verified, your envelope is separated or ballot is separated from the envelope, and then it's scanned into a machine and it's counted. They also make sure in the curing process that your ballot has not been damaged. You spilled something on it. There's a stain on it, so the machine won't read it. All of these things are a part of the process, and it takes time. When there were so many votes, they call them late earlies, dropped off on Election Day, 290,000 of them just in Maricopa County, it slows down the process. People have to verify those signatures. They have to do all of those curing things to get those those votes um, counted. If we had a system where you could still do that, you want to mail your vote in, we're going to count it the way we've been counting it, validate and verify your signature, make sure it's you, and then make sure that the ballot is scanned, that's one thing. But for the late earlies, the people that show up on election day, wouldn't you feel better about your vote if you saw it counted? If you brought your ballot down there and you say, hey, listen, this is me, 
Here's my voter ID. Here's my driver's license. And here's the envelope you mailed me. I just wanted to sit in the comfort of my own home. I wanted to figure out who all these judges were. And I wanted to look at the propositions and the candidates. And in the comfort of my own home, I filled out my ballot. So, but now I'm here to cast my vote. Instead of mailing it in, I'm dropping it off. So they verify your ID just like they would if you were voting in person. But instead of going and casting your ballot, you just slid your ballot into a machine and you watched it get tabulated. Wouldn't that help a lot of people believe that there unless you just completely disbelieve the tabulation machines, but there's no cure for that then. How do you know who the honest people are that are counting? Either way, it would simplify and speed up the process. We would have answers much earlier. Those 290,000 people on Election Day would have long since had their votes counted. We would have a different look than we have right now in the total results of this election. Just something to contemplate. While we're arguing about stolen elections, this is just something to contemplate. Coming up in a moment, it is, uh, did you hear this? It's how we catch you up on the major headlines, and it happens in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, let's get you caught up on the big headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Representative Ruben Gallego had some strong words for Senator Cinema. We fought as a team in Arizona and we won. Senator Cinema was nowhere to be found at all. You did not see her at one public event for anybody. Why do you think Senator Cinema stayed away from the Arizona campaign trail? To be honest, I don't know why she stayed away. I don't know if it's because the Democrat candidates didn't want her around because, you know, they censured her in the Democratic Party. I have no idea if they thought she would be a detriment for them winning. I ha- I really honestly don't have a clue why she stayed away. Uh, she works closely with Mark Kelly on a lot of different things. And it's one of the things that did surprise me, whether they asked her to stay away. I don't know the answer to that or if she voluntarily stayed away. But what this sounds like to me, because it's been rumored for a long time, Representative Gallego has been rumored to be challenging her possibly when she's up for re-election. And with a statement like that, it sounds like that may be the direction it's heading. On Saturday, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Bill Gates defended the way they've been tabulating votes. I don't think I've heard a state legislator criticize Maricopa County for the pace of this because they passed the law. They know they put it in place. What are some ways that could speed up our election tabulation process? You, you know what? I had been having this conversation with so so many people. There is things that can be done in a computer programming issue that would allow early voters that don't mail their votes in instead of dropping them into a box to be verified like the mail votes. If you could go and verify who you are on site, do it that day. You walk up and you go in like anybody that walks into the polls. I walked in, they scanned my driver's or I scanned my driver's license, verified who I was. I showed them my driver's license and my voter ID card. Then they printed a ballot out for me and I voted. If you could walk in and do basically the same process and then scan your vote like anybody that votes on election day does, that would expedite the counting process immensely and it may take away some of the people that are Tractors. That would be one way I'd suggest. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the big headlines. Thanksgiving is around the corner, and with grocery prices up 12.4% from last year, food shopping will be costly. The per pound prices for turkey, the holiday's biggest staple, now up 17%. Food costs are so expensive that this year some supermarket chains are offering free turkey giveaways and honoring last year's prices. Is it more worth it to go out to eat on Thanksgiving? You know, I... 
for me, Thanksgiving, it is about the food, but it is more about the company. And it's more about the, the intimacy of a party and having the people around you and the kids. And so to me, uh, it may be less expensive to go out to eat, which is a shame. But I don't think that people want to give up that that where you are, um, you're in with the people you love the most. And I think that is the biggest issue, kicking off the holidays. It's why I love this time of year. We're a lot more appreciative of the things that we have. And I think a way to do that is to surround yourself with the people that are most important to you. And when you do that, I think that's what makes the holidays. So, yes, it may be less expensive, but I don't think a lot of people want to go that route. Today on Bird's Eye View, Ron Wolfley explained just how important yesterday's win was for the Arizona Cardinals. They had to get two games. They had to win two of those three right there to keep their season alive. And that is alive going into Mexico City against the 49ers. What can the Cardinals do to build on their gains from yesterday's win? You know, again, I asked him about learning this, you know, about what did they learn as far as game planning goes. And he said, get the ball out quicker. And that's something that I think that Kyler Murray is going to have to learn is to get the ball out quicker that in the NFL it is a game of of, of, of not even seconds of, of of milliseconds and a game of inches and he needs to start winning that game. He's an immensely talented guy but he needs to be able to get over that hump and what's great about having Colt McCoy in there is here's a seasoned guy that stepped in. It was not overwhelming to him and he performed very, very well. So they're in good hands when he's there but they'll be in better hands when Murray's back. All right, good job, Julia. That's did you hear this for another day? And uh, your Jets have the week off, or is it? Are they? Do they play tonight? No, they had a bye week, and bye then week. they play the Patriots on Sunday. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, all right, good enough. So, um, well, I, oh, big sports fans in my family, my boys, my Hurricanes finally won a game. That was pretty good. That was not bad. Was there nice, you go. It was nice to see us win this weekend. <laughs> um, what we're going to do in a moment is we're going to talk about the numbers because the numbers have changed. There was a drop. They call it a drop. Um, and we have seen a shift of small as it might be in some races, but we have seen a lead change in one of the races. We're going to talk about the shift that we've seen. I believe it's a Pinal County drop um, and not Pima County because it shifted toward Republicans in all of these races. We're going to talk about this shift and how significant it needs to be in order for the governor's race to stay in play. We'll talk about it next. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time. Let's get to some of the election updates. There has just been a ballot drop that just happened um, at the beginning of the hour. And um, we are looking at what those numbers are saying and what they mean. So earlier this morning, um, and without giving you the the full picture, uh, earlier this morning uh, we came in and talked about the numbers. And just before the or just before the beginning of the, this hour, so about thirty minutes ago, there was another drop at the Secretary of State's office. We assume I'm assuming that it's Pinal County because it leaned Republican. Uh, Pima County is yet to drop, which we assume will lean Democrat. But in this latest drop. Uh, uh, Carrie Lake has picked up 2,309 votes. So she is now down by just about, I'm going to look just to give you the accurate number, 24,772 votes. So she closed the gap a little bit. But for Abe Hamaday, it is a much more significant um in here because he picked up 2,288 votes. He now is down by 10,000. But we had um Tom Horn pick up 2,272 
which means he is now leading that race by 625 votes. So those three races are still too close to call. I think a big part of the story will be told tonight. This evening when Maricopa County has another significant drop, if it doesn't go in a very dramatic fashion toward Carrie Lake, then she's going to have a hard time making the numbers work. That's really kind of where it is. But nobody in this race, nobody is calling these races in the public because they are that close. And so no one should be jumping to conclusions. Um, I'm looking at this from the perspective of when you look at places like Florida, and Texas and Georgia. Look at Georgia is such a great example. In the Georgia race, Kemp won pretty easily, declared the race, it was over. Herschel Walker going to a runoff. When you look at Texas and Abbott, pretty easy win. You look at DeSantis. DeSantis, if you go and you you look at the positions that DeSantis takes compared to other very conservative Republicans, he is there to the right of just about everybody or standing right next to them. Look at what they did with masks in, in Florida and shutdowns. They said, we're not doing it anymore. We're going back to business as usual. And he was the complete opposite of what we saw Gavin Newsom do in California. And you go and compare what was done. And we don't want to go back down the road of COVID. But the point being here, he has been a very conservative governor, very conservative. The bill they called that don't say gay bill. He stood up and said, we're doing this because it's the right thing to do. As a matter of fact, here's something that's even more odd than that. Bill Maher complimented Governor DeSantis. And when they talked about the Disney thing and the don't say gay bill, Bill Maher actually said, you know, we could be calling this. Let's go back to doing in schools what we did five years ago, Bill. That's Bill Maher saying that. But DeSantis stood up and said, nope, we're not doing that, and here's why we're not doing it, or yes, we are doing this, and here's why we are doing this. And he went full speed ahead and overwhelmingly won re-election. Marco Rubio, same thing in Florida, winning it in Texas. All of this talk about them flipping Texas blue and Beto O'Rourke just got steamrolled. Why are we not seeing the steamrolling here in Arizona? Now, um, we're going to have arguments about this. It's going to go on and on where we are going to have people talking about stolen elections. And I don't know how to stop it. I I don't know how to stop it because – and here's the thing. I'm in a different place than many of you are. The – The mindset of I don't know you, so I don't trust you. I understand that. But I don't know you, so you are part of the crazies. That's what needs to change. I want you to understand that being in the position I am and being around conservative Republicans most of my adult life and certainly my my life here in the state of Arizona since I moved here in 1995, I can tell you that there – when I don't expect people to believe me, but there are very reasonable – Very good people, very honorable that want what's best for their country people that believe that there is a lack of integrity in our elections. I don't agree with them. And at least to my face, I have not had anybody um, slam me to my face. People remain my – they disagree with me. I've had people come up and have conversations with me of why I'm not on board. But no one has called me names or been angry to my face. may not be the case in private. I don't know. But I've maintained the relationships with people. And I can tell you from where I'm sitting, there are very good people that had very serious questions about the 2020 election. I thought it was a mistake to carry on and carry on and carry on and carry on. Because I thought you need to look forward to 2022, and I'm making the same warning right now. However these elections turn out, 
However they turn out, whether they are thin margins of victories for Republicans or thin margins of victories for Democrats, these margins of victory should have been way on the side of Republicans. And this is also interesting. This is not a body slam. It's an observation. The two Republicans that are 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 um, performing the best in the elections are the only two that were not Trump endorsed. Kimberly Yee and Tom Warren, the only two Republicans that did not chase, nor did they get, nor did they lean on the endorsement of former President Trump. Kimberly Yee winning and it's over. He She won by 10 points. And when you look at Tom Horn, he's in a 50-50 split, but he's leading right now by 625 points and or six votes, I should say. Now, you we should be I think that we should be looking at this. Um, you know, when you look at the, is it the candidates themselves where well, they were endorsed by President Trump, where there is no doubt that former President Trump is a is a kingmaker in primaries. You look around the country and how many of the candidates that were Trump endorsed won the primary. But then you look at losses when it comes to the general election. And I think people need to look at it. It's not an insult. I'm not insulting the former president. He gets full credit for helping candidates get their um, get the nomination. But you also, if you're going to take all of the credit, you have to at least take part of the blame. I use the example of President Biden. President Biden did not campaign in Arizona for candidates. He was not on the campaign trail with candidates. And why is that? Because they saw that this was going to be a detriment or a drag on candidates. He, he, went, to, he went to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for Fetterman. He didn't come out here for Mark Kelly. Who did? President Obama. When you look at what works and then you look at what doesn't, it's not a slap in the face to say uh, to not just address the 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 former president or any former president. When uh, I was on the Bush campaign in 2004, I was a volunteer on the Bush campaign and I traveled around with President Bush. I still think the world of the former president. I think he's an amazing human being. He's one of the funniest people I've ever met. I think he's brilliantly smart against what everybody else used to say about him. And he's just a good man. But at the end of his time as president of the United States, there were people that did not want to be seen with him in his own party because the economy had tanked. And they knew that it was not going to be good for him. Now, look how look how different the world is. Look how different the world is for George W. Bush. He is immensely popular. He is someone that is seen as a philanthropic good man. Look at his father, only had one term, no new taxes, gets voted out of office. We get Bill Clinton. At the end of that former president, George H.W. Bush, 41, at the end of his life, he was revered as a great American by both sides of the aisle. But in the political climate that's going on, winning is what matters. And looking at what it's going to take to win is what you should be doing. And people just have to take a look at it moving into the future. I got one more segment still to go. I want to talk about philanthropy, and uh, there's a reason why. We're going to talk about giving and an event we had on Friday that was pretty amazing. So all that's coming up here in just a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. 
All right, just a few minutes left before we close it out. Then Sharp is going to be in here for two hours of election updates. I just gave you some new numbers that came in. Uh, Pinal County did a drop. We're waiting on Pima County this afternoon and then later on this evening, Maricopa County with a big drop. But before we close out this hour of the show, um, on Friday, we do we do an event. It's called Broomhead's Action Alliance. We started this with a just simple idea of giving people an opportunity to volunteer in the community when those needs come up, when we have availability to do things. And every single one of them we've done has been amazing and productive. And on Friday, we were at St. Vincent de Paul at one of their kitchens out at Cass. And uh, we helped prepare the food. We served and we cleaned up. And it was an amazing event. I have a few hundred people, probably close to 500 people that showed up into the dining hall that night. It was chicken, was for dinner. It was it was terrific. The food is so well prepared. Um, but to have a bunch of people that just wanted to help and invest in people's lives. And some of the people that had been doing this just for the first time with us, you can see their attitudes and their faces change when you see the amount of need walk through the door. When you see homeless people walking through the door to get a meal and they the, the, the flow of people just continues to come. It is a humbling experience no matter and, and there's financial need and financial concerns in probably all of us out there. But when you see what's happening in this regard, it, it does change you, I think. It changes your view of what you have and what you need. And it was a pretty amazing experience. Um, So we are going to continue to have those opportunities as time goes on. But before I close out the show, I want to give you another reminder. I got an update from our friends over at St. Mary's Food Bank. Um, They received a little over 1,000 turkeys in the past five days, which means they are still about 8,000 turkeys short of their goal for Thanksgiving. Um, The predicament they are in is that turkeys last year were $10. This year, they're $20. Um, There is more need and less people available to give, which is where we talk about intentional giving. So there's two things available because here are the things that we have to offer this world. We all know it's our money, our talent, and our time. Um, they have a couple of needs at St. Mary's going on right now. One of them is if you can donate a turkey, for, you can bring it down, whatever. That's terrific. If you want to go St. Mary's Food Bank, stmarysfoodbank.org, you can donate. 20 bucks buys a turkey. 20 bucks puts a turkey on the table for families in need this Thanksgiving. If you got 20 bucks you can spare or more, that would be terrific. If not, what about your time? Because right now they are in need of volunteers as well. Packing emergency food boxes and the work around the facility, they largely depend on volunteers so they can spend the vast majority of the money that's donated in buying the food in bulk. That's how they're able to buy six or seven meals for a dollar is because they are able to drive down their costs through the kindness of volunteers. So if you've never volunteered at St. Mary's Food Bank, I will tell you it's going to be an experience that opens your eyes because it's so much fun. And it sounds silly, but they make the work fun, and you know you're going to a worthwhile cause. To see at the end of your shift, which is usually about two hours, you see the the enormous amount of good you've done. To see the the tons of food that gets into these emergency food boxes, and then understanding that they are so under the gun right now that they are putting boxes out faster than they can pack them, and sometimes they are in desperate need of volunteers as well. St. Mary's Food Bank. Org. If you can give of your money, please do. If you can give of your time, 
please do. If you can give of both, even better. But it's an intentional giving. It's this time of year where we all are counting our blessings and we are looking at how we can help. Um, I can vouch for the organization in as much as this. Everybody I know that works there works very hard to earn their money because there are very, very few employees. Most of them are volunteers. Everybody in that building is dedicated to feeding hungry people around Arizona. And they do a fantastic job of it. They are masters at squeezing every penny out of every dollar that's donated. And they will squeeze every minute out of your time when you're volunteering, meaning you're going to have a great time, but you're going to accomplish something. You're going to feel as if you've really given something. And I think that's what we all want. So uh, we're not going to make this an event for the Action Alliance like we've done in the past because we just did one the other day. But if you can do that, and it doesn't have to be St. Mary's. If you have an affiliation with another source, whether it's you know the United Food Bank in the East Valley or whatever, they're all in the same boat. They all have more need than ever before. And this time of year especially, it'd be a great time to make that donation. So find that source where you know that your money is going to a good cause and they're going to be good stewards of that money. Give intentionally. And if you can give of your time, give intentionally as well. It, it really does make a difference. I We left there on Friday night on such a high from St. Vincent de Paul. And what a great group that we had. Just about out of time. If you're a social media user, at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter or at Broomhead Show on Twitter. One is my personal account at KTR, that is me. At show is the one that just updates you on things on the show. Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. We'll be back tomorrow morning at about 8 o'clock with another edition of the Mike Broomhead Show. Until then, God bless.